right. As we sing this next song, we want you to just think about Jesus, who he is, what he did for us, and how blessed we are that we can call him friend. We can call him Savior. so honored to be here today. I just am so excited, Lord, just the fact that your presence is in this place with us. 
how awesome it is that we can call you Lord and Savior and friend and how blessed we are that we can just give back a portion of ourselves, Lord God, and you smile down upon us because you love us so much. Thank you for being so good and so loving. We ask today that our, as we praise your name and we lift you on high, that your name will always be on our lips. Every breath that we take, we are thinking and saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Once we do that, Lord God, we know that the rest of the world will know that you are alive and well. We praise your name. Amen.
right where you're at as the band plays this song just ever be on your lips and let that be a prayer Jesus we want your name to be on our lips every day every breath that we take every moment that we're awake and even while we're asleep Lord God give us the rest and peace that only you can give us let us praise your name Jesus amen you can be seated please church near you. Next week, we start a series on Samson. I just want to encourage you, spread the word, bring a friend. Uh, maybe you're familiar with the story of Samson, maybe you're not, but we're going to have some, some fun looking at the life of Samson. We're going to do a character study for a few weeks on the life of Samson. I'm, I'm thrilled about that, and I, I hope that you will be too. Um, at, at this time, I'd like to welcome everyone to the service. We're glad that you're here uh, God is good. It's a little bit of snow out, a little bit cold. It finally turned January, didn't it? And uh, I think it's all right because January is just about done. So we're, we're done with that. But uh, we're glad that you're here. Please pass the friendship folders down the aisle at this time. And uh, we, we welcome you here today. Just a, just a few announcements. Our Wednesday nights are going at really, really good around the church. Uh, if you come up on Wednesday night, you'll see our Canopy Kids is just full. We have kids everywhere downstairs. Our our youth program is in, in, the, uh, in the gymnasium, our teen program. Connect Students is meeting in the gymnasium, and they are growing. It's really an exciting time. And then uh, you'll see there's a men's group and a women's group that meets up here. Uh, additionally, we have life groups that are meeting all week long. If you'd like to sign up and get into a life group, I would encourage you, uh, please stop by the table in the back of the auditorium. There's a, it says life groups, and there's a table right there on the inside of the auditorium in the back. Please stop by, leave your information, and we will connect you to a group. We're trying to start as many groups as we can. A life group is this. It's 5 to 12 people that get together on a regular basis, maybe twice a month. Some meet every week, but a minimum of twice a month they get together, and they, uh, they open up God's Word, they encourage one another, and it's a great time of discussion. It's a great time just to do life and learn to meet somebody's name from church. It's amazing what happens when you get connected to the body of Christ. So, um, you know, it's one thing we're here on, on the weekends, and this is, this is highly important. And now the next step is to jump into a life group. And so we have so many people that are jumping into these groups. I'm 
excited about what's happening in our church right now. Every time I turn around, somebody's telling me how, what a wonderful time they had in their life group. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Because when God's people get together, he does great things. So I want to encourage you to jump in on the life group. Um, on, coming up on a Wednesday night here on the, uh, February the 15th, which is just a few weeks away, we're going to have a Lego race in the gymnasium. Uh, and so if you'd like to be a part of that, you need to go register your child and register uh, that you get, get your Lego kit from downstairs, uh, downstairs at the kids' land down there at, uh, at Canopy Kids, and they will help you out with that. So we're looking forward to that. That's always a great time. The place will be filled as, uh, as we race those cars. If you have a, maybe you want to help your grandchild build a car. Maybe you want to help your child build a car. Maybe you want to adopt the child. Somebody in the community, come on, I'll help you build a, a car, all right? And uh, just grab, grab a kid and have a good time. It's going to be a wonderful wonderful time. And then uh, I'd just like to just continue to celebrate. Isn't God good with this birthday gift of Jesus? Over 112,000, nearly 113,000 has come in. Isn't that exciting what God has done? Let's give our God a hand. What what a wonderful, wonderful God. And, and, you know, we've been praying. We started in November, and God supplied it early in January. What an exciting thing this has been. And, uh, and I just want to share with you what's happening here. Those checks are going out to missionaries. So we, we had a list of missionaries, and, and if it said 1,000, they're going to be getting a, a good percentage, a higher percentage than what we originally planned because we've gone over so much. And so we're going to be able to take and give them an extra bonus and bless those missionaries. And what an exciting thing that's going to be, isn't it? You know, if maybe they were getting 1,000, maybe they'll get 1,500. And what a, what a blessing that will be. And to think that the little church in Finleyville that God blesses here and he's using you, he's blessed you with generosity, blessed you with your income and your generosity, and to see you give to the Lord has just been wonderful. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving this year to the Lord and uh, just to honor him, continue to honor him and bless his name for that. Um, Today, I'd like to also just uh, share one other announcement. Uh, Pastor Al Finney, if you would remember their family in prayer, his, uh, his mother, uh, Lois Finney, passed away la- um, over the weekend here. And she wants to be with the Lord. Her viewing will be on Monday at Gilbert's over in Boston. That's near White Oak there. Over in Boston, uh, Gilbert's Funeral Home, and that will be tomorrow. The viewing will be tomorrow, 2 to 4 and 6 to 8. And the funeral will be on Tuesday. So I want to encourage you, uh, if you're, you know the Finneys, please stop by and, uh, and, 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 and love on the Finney family over there as, uh, as, as they will be um, grieving the loss of Al's mother, Lois Finney. Uh, at this time, I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward and we'll receive our morning offering. If you are here as our guest, I want to encourage you to let, the, let this offering plate pass you by. Uh, this is for those that are growing regularly in the grace of giving. And uh, if you are our guest, please stop by our welcome center. We have a, a nice welcome gift that we'd like to give to you today. All right? Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Our Father and our God, we come before you and we just we bless your name this morning. You are good. You're good all the time, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we can just celebrate and, uh, and, and rejoice with you. With, uh, with what you've done this morning with that birthday gift to Jesus. We, we just can never forget how good you are, Lord. Thank you for providing exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. 
according to your word in Ephesians 3.20, Lord. God, I pray uh, that you'll be with your people as they, as they give unto you and that you will uh, just en- encourage us, Lord, as we give back to you, Lord, a portion of what you've given to us. What a blessing it is to be able to give this morning to you, to your name. In your name we pray, amen.
So we've been talking about how to reset your life. Hit the reset buttons on your life. It's January. This is the time that you're looking at resetting. And I was with a friend this week, and he actually used this word with me, and I, I really liked it. He said, it's time to recalibrate, recalibrate our lives, you know? You're just kind of re-looking and retooling life and, uh, and making some goals. And as you set some goals in life, you can, you, can, you can see some progress as you set some goals, and we kind of go off and do some things. So we, we looked a little bit at, uh, at time. We looked at, at how to use our time. We looked last week about coming into God's rest, and today as we wrap up this series, I, I want to I direct your attention to this verse over in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. If you have your Bible, you can turn there, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. And uh, what this is, this is some closing remarks. The Apostle Paul is, uh, is giving some closing remarks on the, on the letter to the church at Thessalonica. So he had written the letter, and as he comes to the end of the letter, the, some of the very last words he says is this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Um, I want to focus in on this thought here. He says, may God himself, um, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through think about that. I think we all want to live our life from a position of peace. And it's so hard not to live your life in that position of peace because we are out and we're dealing with people and we're dealing with places, we're dealing with things, we're running at the speed of light. And sometimes when our life is just so crowded, we're not living from a position of peace. Have you ever noticed that? We don't live from a position of peace. Here it says, may God himself, you're going to have peace and it comes from God. May the God of peace, all right, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify. In other words, make you holy unto himself, set you apart unto himself through and through. May your whole spirit, now check that out, may your whole spirit, your soul and your body be kept, be kept blameless at the, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says here, he's coming to you and he's saying, I want your whole person, everything about you, not just your spiritual realm, but everything about you, your whole being, your, your body and your soul, everything about you. I want you to be kept blameless and it's got to be done through God. And God is going to do it and he's going to let you have this life of peace. You can live from a position of peace. And I want to encourage you to do that, to live from a position of peace, no matter what is coming up in life. Life has plenty of ups and downs, but you can live through the ups and downs from a position of peace. And so that's what he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify, set you apart, make you holy through and through. May, you be, may your whole spirit, your soul and your body, may everything about you be kept blameless till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to, want to think about that. I want to focus in on that verse there. He says that the one who, verse 24 says that the one who calls you uh, is faithful and he will do it. It is God that is going to perform this work in your life. So today, I'd like, to, I'd like to focus in on this. May your whole spirit, your soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because as we've been looking at life, 
Uh, we've been looking at some, some things that could really encourage you, things that can really help you grow spiritually. And I want you to think of your life as more than just the spiritual. There's the spiritual, there's the physical, and there's an emotional part of you. And as we look at that, I want us to, I want us to put a few gauges up and look at a few gauges and start to fill up the tanks. Uh, I'm going to draw, first of all, the, the, the spiritual tank here, all right? So uh, we're, we're going to come over here. We're going we're to put empty over here. We've got full over here. And, uh, and I'm just going to put a big S here, for that's the, the spiritual tank. And I want you to think about, are you filling your spiritual tank? Just like a gas tank. You look at the gauge on your car, are, are you filling your spiritual tank? All right? And then I'm, I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to put another, another tank up here. And, uh, and I want us to think about this tank. Are we filling this tank? This is the physical tank. How am I doing in the area of my physical life? Is, is my physical tank high? Am I, am I, am I, is my tank full or is my tank empty on there? And then we're going to come down here. All right, so there's empty and there's full there. And then we're going to come here and we're going to look at this. This as well here. And this is going to be your emotional tank. And, uh, and we've got, we have to be careful and deal with life as you're going through life, your emotions, if we're not emotionally healthy, it affects the other areas. If we're not physically healthy, when we, when we go through times of unhealth, physically, it can pull us down. Many times you're dealing with a, an issue that you can't change. Uh, somebody has a, uh, something like cancer or some terminal illness. They can't change that. But boy, I'll tell you what, that physical can tend to pull the emotional down. And it can tend to pull the spiritual down. They're, they're all related. All three of these tanks are related. Years ago, somebody shared this with me, and it's been a big help for me to, to look at life. And as you look at life, you say, okay, wow, look, look, at, look at these areas of my life because they are so important. And I have, to, I have to deal with the spiritual aspect. So many times in church, we tend to focus right here, right? You've, you come this morning, we're focused right here, and, and that is absolutely true. We need to focus right here because God has given us His Word. His Spirit is a priority in, our, in your spiritual world because, quite honestly, most people forget about the spiritual element of their life. If you're out there and you're dealing with people, you're, the people that you work, most of them have forgotten that, that they have a spiritual entity. They're just kind of living life and just hoping that they make it through the week. But... I want to encourage you that the spiritual life is not something that is separated from the physical life. Did you catch that? Your spiritual life is not separated from the physical life. You are a spiritual person. You are a spiritual being. And your physical life is not separated from your emotional life. See, your, your emotional health, and as, as we look at these areas, am I emotionally healthy? Am I physically healthy? And am I spiritually healthy? Uh, all three tanks are important. It, it's like a gas tank. You know, you could, be, you could have the, uh, the spiritual tank on full. I mean, you're just into God's Word. You know, all, you, you know so many Bible verses. You're reading His Word. But in the meantime, one of these other tanks is getting low, and it is going to affect this spiritual tank. Uh, it, it, it's, the, it's the whole being. I, I want to I share it to you like this. Um, you know, in your car... Back when you used to have gauges everywhere, you know? You remember those days? Now it's just little lights everywhere, right? But uh, back when you used to have gauges everywhere, uh, you, had, you had a, a fuel gauge. 
you had an oil gauge, and then you had, you had a gauge for the temperature, and you would look at the temperature. And so, you know, everybody always likes to focus on the fuel gauge, right? And I think that's absolutely a good thing, because if you don't, you become like me. You get to know AAA agents on a one-on-one basis, you know? They have me on caller ID. They block me when they call. It's like Mr. Barner's out of gas again, right? Uh, somehow, I think that, you know, I'll get there faster if I don't fill up the tank today, right? You know? It's, it's amazing how we, how we del- uh, give our, live in delusion like that. But uh, not only is, the, is your gas tank important, not only if, 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 I were, uh, if you evaluate the, your car, if you're going to make it to the next place on your spiritual tank, I'm sorry, on your fuel tank, if you only look at your fuel tank and you don't check the oil, you don't make sure that the other gauges are all proper and everything's working in good condition, you're going to have a meltdown. And let me share what happened to me years ago. We were newly married and we had a place in Manesson. And, uh, and I always had car troubles for, for as long as I could remember, right? And so I bought somebody else's car. It was $600. I was all happy because it was only $600. I mean, where could you get a car for that cheap, right? So I was taking and I was riding this thing back and forth. And my wife and I, we were pulling out of here one day. And, uh, and, and a couple guys had looked at the car and said, Hey, you might want to be careful because you're, you're leaking some antifreeze. And I'm like, Oh, it'll be fine. I got plenty of gas. And so it'll be fine, right? So I go ahead. Uh, there's oil. I had oil was good. And the, I mean, oil pressure was good. The fuel gauge was good. But as I got out of here and I went on and I started, I went down and you know, I took eight. This was before 43 existed. We're going down through the valley, you know. I go up past Mon Valley Hospital. And I passed that giant eagle in Fisher Heights and my wife was with me. We turned the corner right there at that giant eagle at Fisher Heights. And man, I'll tell you what, that gauge was off the chart. I mean, it was like, it was telling me, you know, pull over or you're going to self-destruct. And I didn't pull over and we self-destructed. I mean, it was, it was incredible. And, and all this, all the smoke comes out. I'm thinking this car is going to go, is going to blow up. And, uh, and pretty much it did. All right. That was the last day we ever got to drive that car. Now I had plenty of fuel and plenty of oil. But I didn't have enough antifreeze to cool the engine down. So I want you to understand it's in the same way. Uh, you know, those are the lessons that you learn the hard way. When you melt down a $600 car, which I'm glad it's all I had into it was 600 right? But when you melt down a car that you were excited to keep running and thought you had a good deal, you learn from here out that if that gauge even looks a little bit close to the midline, you're going to go get that checked. And, and, and that's what I, do, what I have to do now in my life. I have to look at all areas of my life in that way. I have to look at the, at the, uh, at the spiritual side. And as the spiritual side starts to go down, man, I got I, I to gotta pull that up because that's a danger zone. Uh, and the physical side, if I start to go down, all right? And so right now, for me, I'm retooling some areas in the physical side. I'm saying, wow, this is important. I've got the rest of my life I have to live. I have to take care of myself. And so, you know, I, right, right now there's things that I can do. So I have to work on these things, right? And so it, it, you may be a little bit low in the physical tank. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're saying, uh, okay, I'm doing okay in the emotional tank. Uh, you know, when, when our emotions are out of control, we're just worn, worn out and burned out. I, uh, I read an article about a pastor and this pastor is a pretty prominent pastor, and he was sharing in this article about these three tanks. 
And he said that uh, he was doing really good on the spiritual tank, and he was doing really good on the physical tank, but on the emotional tank that he didn't even realize existed, he was doing terrible at. He, he, would, he would study, he would pray, he gave everything he had, and then he didn't even want to get up and preach. He, he was working out, he was exercising, he, he had these two areas going, but why didn't he want to get up and preach? His emotional tank was on low. His relationships, the people that were pouring into him, he had no margin in his life. There was no time for him to just disconnect and build himself emotionally. And I want us to think today about these areas of our life because he says, may your whole spirit, may your soul and your body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus. We are all going to struggle in all these areas. Uh, And and here's the thing. I, I think many times people tend to give up in a certain area of life because they've had a struggle. Would you agree to that? Maybe in spiritual, for example, maybe it's reading the Bible. You might have went out and you you said on the first of the year, I took a Bible reading plan and I'm going to read the Bible through in a year and I'm going to read every day. And so you took it out of here on January 1st, you went home, you started reading the Bible and you made it to about January the 14th or the 15th and you said, "Uh uh-oh, what happened? And I ran out of steam. And so what happens is people will say that and they'll say, I'll never be able to do that. And they just throw in the towel. And they, and, they, and, they, and they don't even worry about their spiritual life. They don't, they don't continue to work on their spiritual life. Or the, or the, uh, uh, the area of health. You know, sometimes, um, you know, and, and this is where I'm working through. I'm working through this area. I'm saying, you know, just because I didn't do good last year or the year before or the year before doesn't mean I can't go forward now. Just because I had failure last week doesn't mean I can't go forward today. And the same with your emotional health. You know, you may look at, at life and say, man, I have just, I've had such bad experience with relationships. I'm never going to open up my heart to anybody. I'm not going to be a friend to anybody. I'm just going to do what I have to do to get through life. See, that's when we become emotionally burnt out. We, we guard everybody off. And so now emotionally, we can't, we can't grow. So many times, now here, here's, here's what I'm submitting to you this morning, is that many times we don't grow because of our struggles. And may I encourage you that the struggles are okay. If you're struggling, it means you're, you're attempting. You're moving forward. There's something that's bugging you inside. And you're saying, I'm desiring change. I want to see God do something in my life. So struggles are okay. When we somehow think that we will, will not struggle, we have missed the point. Uh, if you turn over here to Romans chapter 7 this morning, we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul says about struggling. Uh, Romans is a, is a great book. Romans, the, these first few chapters of Romans, uh, up, through verse, up through chapter 11, give us all this great theology. And here in chapter 7, right in the middle, the Apostle Paul sandwiches in a little bit of his testimony. Because he's talking about the law, he's talking about grace, how much that we, you know, the grace of God abounds, uh, but yet the purpose of the law... And look what he says here. He says, uh, Romans seven fifteen. he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But 
what I hate, I do. Now, you want to talk about a guy who's confused here, right? This is the Apostle Paul. This is one of the greatest Christians ever to live. And he says, hear me on my struggle. Here's a word of personal testimony. I don't understand. What I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate to do, that's what I end up doing. Verse 16, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So in other words, he's talking about sin. He's talking about his, his sin issues. He says, if I do the things that I don't want to do, I agree the law is good. And what, why is he saying that the law is good? He's saying that the law is good because it has shown his need for the grace of God. And in your life, if you are struggling and you are seeing all these shortcomings, you're dealing with some sin issues and you're struggling, you're saying, man, I don't want to do that anymore, but I tend to gravitate there. Do you ever notice, let's take the physical because I understand that, put a plate of broccoli over here and a slice of pizza over here. Do you ever notice I do what I don't want to do? I mean, it's just like we just go right there. Isn't, isn't that amazing? I mean, broccoli has all this good nutrition, has all these things that are so healthy for us, but this smells so good. This tastes so good, right? And so we gravitate in that direction. And it's amazing how we do that. Now, I want you to take some sin areas that you're struggling with, and that's what we do. This thing that you're trying to conquer, the, the Apostle Paul says, I don't do what I want to do, but that, I, but that which I hate, I end up doing. He says, and so I agree that, that the law is good because it has shown my need for a Savior. And what it has done, it has shown that God's grace is sufficient. It has shown that God's grace abounds because where you're struggling, God's grace is abounding. And I want to, by the way, on grace, I want to just give you this little side note on grace. Whenever you have had success, you've done something really good, you've made your goal, you've done, you've conquered an area, that's grace. That's not your power. That's the grace of God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. It is His grace in your life. He come on the cross. He pays for your sin that you might have eternal life. And He gives you the ability to have life. But we have this struggle, the apostle tells us here. And I think we can all relate to that this morning. Because here he is. He's talking about his confusion. You know, it's kind of like a, a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's, um, you know, Dr. Saul, you know, Dr. Paul, Mr. Saul. It's, it's like this, these two different guys and he's wrestling. And maybe you feel like that in your life. And he goes on. He, he talks about his confusion. Now looks at, look at the corruption. He says, here's the corruption. Here's where it comes from. Romans seven seventeen. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. So he's saying, look, I have the sin nature. I have to deal with sin. And so it is the sin that is making me gravitate towards those wrong decisions all the time. Making me gravitate. It's the sin that I am dealing with. And he, he shares it here. He says, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good. And read the last line with me. But I cannot carry it out. That verse was so freeing for me. 
I want to do it. I want to make progress. I want to see God change. I want, I want to conquer sin areas. And the Apostle Paul says, I have the desire, but I cannot carry it out. And I want to share with you what the Apostle Paul's teaching us here. He's teaching us that in your flesh, in your own energy, you cannot accomplish these things. It is only by the power of God. It's only by God's grace that we can see these things happen. So you're trying, you're struggling, you're, you're, you're trying to do good. And God, the Apostle Paul says, I, I don't have the strength, I can't carry it out. And any Christian who has tried to live a good life on their own, any Christian who's tried to live a life pleasing to God in their own power will fail. Because God didn't come to give you willpower. He came to make you new. He came to make you his child. He came to change your identity. And so, but when we come in the power of Christ, that's where we, we keep coming into subjection, into submission to God. He begins to change us and slowly changes us. And some things we will struggle with till the day we die. Other things we will find victory with earlier on. But God is in charge. And as you keep coming to him, you keep submitting to him. I do not have the power to carry it out. I cannot carry it out. Verse 19, for what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. What a struggle. Man, every time I set out to to make progress, I go backwards. Every time I set out to see God do something in my life, I don't do it. I, I I just fail. And then I end up doing things that I really know that I shouldn't be doing. Uh, now if I do not do now verse 20 now if I do what I do not want to do it is no longer I who do it but it is sin living in me that does it and so what he's doing what he's doing here he's not he's not necessarily attacking sin he's saying listen sin is attacking me he's saying look this is what's going on I have the sin nature and I'm dealing with this and I and I'm just it's a battle back and forth and I want to encourage you today in these areas of your life whether it's moving forward spiritually physically or emotionally guess what there's a spiritual warfare going on there 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 is a war that's happening for your heart for your soul and God says that that we can come unto him and he'll give us the victory but look Notice what he's saying here. He he says, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. You know, that automatic response. You you, you tell your kid, don't touch that outlet on the wall. And within three minutes, your kid is over there licking the outlet. It's just just amazing how that happens, you know? Um, know, So so sometimes don't even tell them the outlet exists, right? Uh, It's our nature. It's that sinful nature, our sinful desire. And it takes us. And the Apostle Paul said, look, you will deal with this. He's dealing with it. Uh, He's basically saying like the prophet Isaiah said, when Isaiah was in the presence of the Lord, he said, woe is me. I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I, have, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. It's over in Isaiah chapter 6. We see those words. Uh, Job had a similar experience. As he saw the, the greatness, the bigness of God, he sees how sinful he is, and he realizes his own sin issues. See, that's what Paul's doing here in this passage. He's telling us about the struggle, and then he comes down and he says, listen, I've got the sin nature, and I still am struggling with the sin nature. So he's saying, woe is me. 
For I've seen what God can do. I've seen, I know who God is, and that's why I'm struggling. And I want to encourage you, the fact that you're struggling in some of these areas, high probability God's been speaking to you. Otherwise, it wouldn't be bothering you. That's the power of conviction. See, that's the Holy Spirit's conviction. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he doesn't have to, I don't have to give you a list of things to do or not to do. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. He comes to you and says, hey, I want you to change this attitude. Hey, I want you to, I want you to change your physical life. I want you to, to, to slow down in your emotional life. I want you to trust me and all those things. That's where, he, where he's taking us, the Spirit of God. His conclusion, he says, so if I find this law at work when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the, in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And then he asked a powerful question. Now, this is what's cool. You're, you're looking, you're retooling your life. You're setting some goals and, and you're, you're, you're resetting and I mean, that's what we do. We just keep coming back and resetting life, resetting life. Uh, and we have to continually do that. And so as you're, setting, you're resetting life and you're looking at life ahead here, I want to encourage you to do what the Apostle Paul did. Look at this. Here's the real question. Look at the question that he gives. He says, what a wretched man I am. Oh, I'm so sinful. And he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Now, check this out. He doesn't say, what do I have to do to make a change? He says, who? Who will rescue me? Do you realize that is the key question of your life? In your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life. The key question is not what. The key question is who. And as we come to realize that who? God. God is the one is who he's saying. God is the one that will, that will make the change in my spiritual life if I'll submit to him. God is the one who will make a change in my physical life if I'll submit to him. God will make a change in my emotional life if I'll submit to him. You see, here's the thing. I, I, can, I, can, I can know what is good to do, Right? But the Bible says, blessed are those who do them. So there's, there's two, two parts to the equation. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I love what Dallas Willard says. Dallas Willard says it like this. He says, we believe that God's gift of salvation is free gift. It is by grace. You cannot earn it. However, being a disciple invites one to effort. And as you're looking at your life and you're saying, man, I'm going to give effort. I'm going to go. I want you to know it's okay that you struggle. It's okay that you're falling. It's okay that you can't master these areas. Because the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest Christians ever lived, he said he struggled too. And in light of this, the very next chapter, verse 8, 1. Chapter 8, verse 1 of Romans. He says, therefore. And when you see that word, therefore... Always ask yourself, what's it there for? Okay, that's a, I just gave you one of my deepest study habits right there, all right? 
Had to go to college for many years. When you see the word therefore, ask yourself, what's it there for? Because what he's talking about, he's building on what he just said. So based upon all the struggle that he's having with the flesh, he says, therefore, now catch this, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation now. We understand no condemnation in eternity, right? And we understand that if I trust Christ as my Savior and when I open my heart, he, he takes me to heaven when I die based upon my faith in Him, not of any of my good works. But do you understand the condemnation? He is not condemning you now because you didn't read your Bible last week. He's not condemning you because you didn't get on a treadmill last week. And He's not condemning you because you didn't take a Sabbath. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you that this is freeing because, verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 2, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You have been set free. You have been set free. It's Xavier in here. I'm going to ask Xavier if you'll come over here and give me a hand. Xavier plays our, our uh, whatever that thing is. That box. Xavier, would you grab those over there? I left them over there. Um, was it called a jambe? No. Cajon, thank you. All right? I, I knew he played the box this morning. Let's give him a hand. I appreciate him. He's, he, he's an awesome guy. I, I want to I share with you what this means. It says that we have been set free from the law of sin and death. You have been set free. Uh, at one point, you were in... You were in in bondage. Well, come here. Give him a handcuff here. What grade are you in? Six. If I make it too tight, you'll be all right for a couple years? All right. There you go. All right. Sixth grade, man. Uh, now, I want you to think about this. Last week, we talked about the children of Israel. God changed their identity. God took 40 years and he changed their identity. They were wandering in the wilderness. They, they were slaves. They were used to going in and they were going in to bondage. Are you right? All right? I just want to make sure I didn't do it too tight here, right? All right, so, so this is what it's like. This is what our life is like under the sin nature, right? And so we are in bondage. And here's what he says. There is no condemnation. And just like the children of Israel, the children of Israel went out and they had, to, they had to leave. And God changed their identity. They left Egypt where they were slaves and they were used to working. They worked on a regular basis and they were used to, if they worked harder, Pharaoh was happier. Pharaoh was their provider. So they go out in the wilderness and they're wandering and it took 40 years to transform them. 40 years God works with them and gives them this identity. And, 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 and they finally come to this understanding that God is our provider, that I trust God, that I am set free. They're no longer slaves. And so here's what happens. I, you know, I want to see. Here's what happens. We, we tend to go to work like this. You know? We have this, this sin nature. All right? And, and we, we, are, we are a slave. But here's what he says. He says that you have been set free. Oh, <laughs> you might not be set free. He says that you've been set free, all right, from the law of sin and death. But let me show you what happens. We've been set free, and somehow we think because of our failure 
that we have to go back and put these handcuffs on every day. See, you have a mess. God get, God has a, you have a messy life. God saved you from that mess. And, and the cool part is you don't have to go back there anymore. You don't have to go put these on anymore because you've been set free. Give my man a hand here, all right? Thank you. Appreciate it, Xavier. And, uh, and, and, and I want to encourage you today. Let, let's think about this. All too often, I believe that too many people give up because they've messed up. Too many people give up because they messed up. But my encouragement to you is to look up to God and he will help you stand up in the power of his word. Don't give up because you've messed up. Look up and let him help you stand up and let God work with you. And there are areas that we've all fallen at in all these areas and God will give you the strength and you'll make progress in the power of his name. Amen? Amen. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I invite you to Jesus. That's the only way. There, there, you can't turn over a new leaf. It's coming to Christ and understanding how much he loves you, how much he cares about you. And so today, as we are all in this building and we, we all are struggling with some area of, of our life, I want to invite you this morning to give that area of your life to God. Maybe it's a a physical area. Maybe it's a spiritual area, emotional area. Some areas where you're unhealthy. Maybe you're dealing with some sin issues. And you just need the power of God this morning to help you be free from that sin. I invite you today. God says you don't have to go there anymore. You don't have to put those handcuffs on anymore. You are my child. So if that's you this morning and, and God's calling you, 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 you're a follower of Christ, but man, you've been dealing with some sin issues. You've been dealing with some, some things that have really been dragging on your life. May I invite you this morning to give that to God? May I invite you to, to realize that there is no condemnation, none, not now and not in heaven, if you are in Christ. And then the second question I have is, are you in Christ? Because if you're not in Christ, you are condemned already. And it, it's not about joining a church. It's not about, uh, it's not about uh, making, uh, you know, giving any money, nothing like that. It's about you opening your heart to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And this morning, maybe you're carrying a burden. I want to ask you to lay that burden down this morning and just open your heart to Jesus. And if that's you, I'm going to invite you to pray. Just You can repeat, repeat a prayer, something like this, after me to God, just quietly. Repeat it to God. Dear God, I'm a sinner, Lord. I've done wrong things in my life. But I know that you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again. And I invite you into my life right now, God. God, I've been carrying so many burdens, so much pain, so much hurt. I need you this morning in my life. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you.
to share that with somebody before you leave. Share with somebody on the ride home, hey, God is speaking to me. Father God, I pray you'll be with your people this morning, God. I thank you for the powerful testimony of the Apostle Paul. He struggled, he struggled, he struggled, yet you used him. And there is no condemnation. We struggle, there's no condemnation. We want to change and we fail. We want to change and we fail. God, we need your power to truly set us free, Lord. In your name we pray.